to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Uh, welcome back, folks. Joining me as always is the one, the only, Randy Darsh. Thank you for the introduction. I'm very excited about our college basketball podcast, where we're going to talk about some great college basketball coming up. And to help us talk about college basketball is the one and only... Brett Maestro. Thank you for having me on. Um, I haven't had a need to emotionally move over to college basketball yet, but I can do both. I can do both. So have you, you've been watching football though, right? You're like up to date yes. on Alabama yes. losing and okay. <laughs> I, I am intimately familiar with Alabama and Wisconsin both losing. Ooh, that's true. That's true. Rhett is from oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. We should really talk about Wisconsin losing. That's, that's a good topic. Why would you want to talk about that, Randy? Is there something else you are, are avoiding talking about, or boys, no. boys, we can we can talk about both of your teams phoning it in. Uh, I, you know, here's here's what I want to know, uh, Rhett, from your from your unbiased perspective, which team had the more embarrassing loss, Alabama or Wisconsin? Wisconsin, Wisconsin, easily. Wisconsin had a much more embarrassing loss. <laughs> it's not even. I was about to say that his opinion was not unbiased, but his opinion agreed with mine. So. <laughs> Explain your I, like I, I like I like Wisconsin a lot. I used to live in Madison for for a long time ago, but the Wisconsin's loss is way more embarrassing. <laughs> we lost to a big sky team. I would disagree with that. I was going to disagree with that. I thought our loss was horribly embarrassing, just because we just oh, looked... yours is embarrassing too. Don't worry, but Wisconsin's is way worse. That's fair enough. Randy, you went to the game. How was it? It was a very fun atmosphere. Um, Texas fans are pretty chill. They're pretty cool. There was a lot of energy at the game from the fans, you know. Obviously, there was the one kind of craphead fan, but, you know, that was one person out of 100,000 people. That's true. Even though that was pretty unacceptable. But um, it was a very cool atmosphere um, other than, you know, outcome. Yeah. I, I, when was the last time? Was LSU the last time Alabama lost a home game, I want to say? Thanks. No, yes, yes, it was LSU 2019. Man, that is crazy. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, it, it was a pretty eventful weekend, I feel. Um, the Both the SEC and Big Ten are looking kind of rough this year, unfortunately, it seems, in out-of-conference games. And to everyone's surprise, the Pac-12 is somehow kind of dominating. Uh, well, they they did lose a couple games, but it was like what Cal or something like that lost. Oh wait, that's right. I don't. I mean, Cal yeah, barely. Cal, it's Cal. Sorry. It's it's yeah. I don't I know. I really do actually hate this for the Pac-12 because it's like you have to remember, ten years ago, the Pac-12 was a very respected conference with a lot of viewership. Larry Scott legitimately killed this conference, and now that they're finally like looking good and have a lot of good teams and a lot of entertaining teams, mm-hmm. it's like they're. <laughs> They're about to die, and it's like, I really actually hate that now looking at it. And, like, I mean, the big problem with the Pac-12 is that people just stopped keeping up with it mm-hmm. because it got to a point where it's like, I can never watch their game. So if I see, like, Oregon State has a top-five matchup, it's like, I'm not going to bother even trying to watch it because most of the time I can't. So I just kind of tune out their games whenever I look at the mm-hmm. games on feed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I mean... it everyone you know all your jokes about the pac-12 network aside it literally was almost impossible if you were an east coaster to find i was like, gonna say the pac-12 game because <laughs> those i mean yeah, god those games start at like what 10 30 p.m for you on the east coast or something like that's uh, i mean that's not even ha- i mean yeah sure the late starts a problem but it's usually on saturdays so it's, that's not really the big issue the big issue is like where do you find the pac-12 network yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i honestly don't know how to watch it other than illegally it's uh Sometimes you would you just would randomly get included in a cable bundle, and some bars would have it, and other ones wouldn't. Nah. Mm-hmm. 
That's another thing is like you literally couldn't even go to a bar or something or go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch their games. You just had it was impossible to find their games. You basically had to hope that it was on national broadcast. That was it. That was like the only way. Yeah. Um, other shocking news this week, I guess, in our week two recap: Mel Tucker, Tuck leaving. Yeah. What the um, hell? What I an mean, idiot. I, I am a big proponent of most coaches tend to be uh, less than stellar people outside of coaching, and it's uh, it's always awful to be proven correct. I just have always had this vibe from Mel Tucker that he's just, after he got that huge contract, he got full of himself and was just kind of phoning it in at Michigan State and was just kind of, he got full of himself. That's That's what it boils down to. And when you get full of yourself and you're that kind of person, it's... I guess unsurprising, very disappointing, but unsurprising that he would be involved in some type of scandal like this. Kind of like Ed Orgeron, although Ed Orgeron's wasn't quite as bad. Yeah. It seems like crappy things just keep happening, like, at so many of these schools. Um, and, yeah, like like Red said, like, I wish I wasn't so, like, not surprised. But it just, it feels like this is almost becoming a thing that happens, like, every year at this point. You know what I mean? No comment. Yeah, it's, um... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, like, like you said, I'm not too terribly surprised. I mean, the moment he had that, like, NFT scam or whatever thing going <laughs> on, I, immediately I was, I was like, he's not going to last very long. He's, I mean, he's not going to last very long at all. Yeah. Right? He's clearly just, he's basically a used car salesman. I mean, for what it's worth, they've gotten Mark D'Antonio returning, which is just insane. And you know, he has the biggest freaking crap eating grin on his face walking into the office, like, yep, I was right. <laughs> Oh, so. Probably. I don't know, dude. I it's it's such a bad look for the conference too with the Big Ten. So I I don't know, man. Like this crap just keeps happening. It seems so sad all around. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm wishing Mark D'Antonio the best for for what it's worth. I mean, he's inheriting a total total fiasco, <laughs> if you will. Yep. So. I think he, if anybody can handle it, he can. Um, so, would you guys like to move on to a little segment I had ready called the September Heisman Award? Are you oh, ready? I'm ready. Sure. Okay, so here's the thing about the Heisman. Let's just be honest. The Heisman is 100% based on vibes. I'm not going to do any statistical analysis. It is all vibes, and then people look at the stats after the vibes to back up their vibes. We hey. all know that that's just how it works now, right? I agree. Um I'll have three September Heisman watch players. I'm going to start with the obvious, which is Shador Sanders, Colorado's quarterback, Deion Sun, doing amazing. Travis Hunter, a legitimate top five NFL draft pick at multiple positions at the same time, playing both sides of the ball. Yeah. And again, with these with these Heisman voters, what they're looking for is the Heisman moment, right? Right. I really hate to say this. Same. I really, really hate to say this, but Quinn Ewers is going to have to be up there just simply because it's the type of game that it's the type of performance and the type of game and the type of opponent that's going to win you a Heisman if he continues to have, you know, good numbers and Texas continues to win. I actually, honest to God, if I had to pick three people right now for September Heisman, it would be those exact three. Probably with Quinn Ewers being the front runner. Um, I think the thing with um, you know the Colorado situation, like like Travis Hunter and whatnot, is I get the, I get a hunch that Colorado's hype will fizzle down in a way that Texas's won't. I don't know if that's if that's a hot take or not, but I could see like Quinn Ewers still very much being in the conversation 
two months from now in a way that, you know, maybe Travis Hunter isn't if Colorado ends up going like six and six. Mm-hmm. Six and six I, would be like the original expectations for them, but after the first two games, yeah, six and six is yeah. suggested, right? Yeah, right. What I do mean, you think? I mean, well, I don't think six and six was the what everyone expected, just because of the preseason ranking. But I think, I mean, I just want to add, you know, uh, last year's winner Caleb Williams into True. it because he's already got even what three games, twelve touchdowns, almost a thousand yards already. Um, definitely going to be, you know, either the first or second pick in the draft. Well, again, if he goes, again, Heisman, Heisman, the Heisman award is about vibes, and he's one of those players. People, no matter how great his season is, people are kind of tired of it. Like, okay, he won already, so they'll just give it to somebody else. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to move on to the mailbag, one of our new favorite segments. Mailbag. Um, yeah, hopefully I haven't read all of them, so I'm hoping it's not a lot of pointed questions about you know how you know about losing. So without further ado, let's start. Ashbrown, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Ashbrown one three two asks, "How do you cope with loss?" This is actually a high key great question, Randy. I want to know. Alabama loses so infrequently. How do you go about this? We don't really cope well when we lose. If people remember, every time Alabama loses, somebody ends up getting like shot somewhere. <laughs> like, we don't cope with it. That, that's the thing. How am I coping with it now? It's a lot of like, uh, it's a mix between like hoping and, you know, like the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. We kind of get stuck in the bargaining phase where it's like, oh man, they're, they're mad now. They're going to really step up. But at this point, it's kind of like, I've seen enough of this happening over the past couple of years where I'm just going to have to see it to believe it. How do I cope with last? It also helps to have a good basketball program. Oh. <laughs> or volleyball. Uh, uh, okay, so we've got the Nebraska volleyball cope and the Kentucky football, uh, bas- uh, basketball cope. Yeah. No, no. Right. What about you? I know Ohio State never loses, but like, how, how do you go about that when it does happen? I mean, we're get, we, we, we lose at least one game like every year. Um... I don't know. I just, I think it helps. I'm, I realize that it's, you know, it's a, it's essentially a children's game that I have no control over. And so, I mean, it sucks and it's going to suck for like, you know, the first 12 hours or whatever after you lose. But Mm. I mean, I've, (laughs) I've watched so many embarrassing losses in my life. It's whatever. I mean, I, I, I even called the, the loss to Purdue that one time. No way. You called it. Oh, Oh yeah, no, I made a bet on it and everything. It was hilarious. Everyone's like, everyone was like, "Why would you even? Why would you even invite that?" I'm like, "I'm not inviting it. Come on, it's." It was obvious. It was gonna, it was gonna happen, happen yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just I don't know. I think at some point you need to realize that these are kids that you don't really have any control over, and they're gonna make mistakes because you know, despite nil and all that, they're not professionals. It's good. It's a good outlook. I definitely just get mad. My life. It uh, it also helps when you have a shitty basketball team because oh. then you get used to losing. That's actually a good point. That's a good point. Well, not really because Alabama's had a terrible basketball team for like a decade before this. So I don't know why they're so bad at handling Randy's, it. Randy's just looking. He needs something. Uh, here's here's the thing. Here's you know, the thing about gosh. the dynasty is at this point, we're just trying to stretch it out as long as we can and we don't want the ride to end. And honestly, it's like every time uh, we have certain expectations now based on our talent composite that we should be able to do certain things and if those expectations are not it would be different if we had like a top 30 talent composite and we're like trying our best i'll just say i put it that way if we didn't have the greatest coach of all time 
Uh, I mean, that's one way to call it Wisconsin. So, Jimbo, how do you cope? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, that is my go-to usually. Like, So, like, when a team like Ohio State destroys us or, like, Michigan, um, you know, like, the go- yeah, well, the go-to excuse for Wisconsin fans is, well, they just recruit better than us. You know, it's it's not a fair playing field, right? And so, like, honestly, that does help. What, what really hurts is when we lose to a team like Washington State that has literally no four or five stars on the entire team. Um, and is about to be relegated. And is about to be relegated to the big sky. The big sky. Okay, this was an FCS loss. So, no, nah, like, it, th- you just got to take it to the chin. I just kind of, like, accept it. You know you're going to lose games, like you're saying. You're guaranteed losses, right, unless you're Bama. You're, you're guaranteed to lose games. It is what it is, you know, and just kind of hope that the team can kind of move on <clears throat> and not dwell on this one loss that, like, tanks the whole season, you know. The thing also about us losing, I'm just going to point out, is... Whenever we lose, it's never just, like, one of those, like, under the cover, like, okay, they lost, whatever, move on to next week. When we lose, it's going to be, like, the new story, the event of the week. Yeah, so it's a little bit more. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I'm more than familiar with that. (laughs) Okay, I won't make any more excuses. All right, so moving on to (laughs) Big Hez. He is asking, when will Larry's pain end? And for those of you that don't know, Larry is a resident Texas A&M fan of Jimbotopia. Mm-hmm. So well, when will Larry's pain end? God willing, never. Wow. Wow. That's... Hey, his mouth, not mine. Um, I think it ends when Jimbo Fisher gets fired. I think... I, I think it ends. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to. I mean, I just feel like Texas A&M is one of those programs that's just destined to be 9-3. Like is it like Nebraska, where they're just kind of like inherently cursed, or... Yeah, I, I really think that's it. I mean, especially now with Texas coming to the SEC, their one little thing that they had is is gone. They were the Texas SEC school, and now they don't even have that. I'll say this. I think with college football changing so much and kind of like power shifting, it seems, every single year, I feel like A&M is due at least for like every now and then to have like a freak 10-2 and two season, you know, where just like the stars kind of align. Um, yes, but you need to realize with AM fans, a 10 and 2 season isn't good because those two losses meant that they didn't get their hands on their first Natty since integration. That's, that's a good point. I guess you just got to reset your expectations. Texas AM, Texas A&M, especially with the expanded playoff and the way NIL works, will win a national championship at some point in the next 30 years. It's Unless football fundamentally changes or they drop it or something wild happens on the current course, it will happen. It's just a demographics game, too. Right. And, I'm cool and to kind that. of add to that point, I also wanted to point out that I think this new like power two and a half, two and a half plus another half thing. Yeah. I actually think this is going to create a little bit more parity in college football in a weird way because it's like the bottom of the power five conferences, the power two conferences, mm-hmm. are now gonna be getting these massive T V contracts. And I feel like these these massive T V contracts are gonna help even the playing field a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be a matter of getting a coach that can recruit. You're going to have built-in resources thanks to the TV deal, and it's going to help. Look, nobody's saying that Texas A&M doesn't try also, right? They went out and they hired a national championship winning coach from Florida State, right? Mm -hmm. So they clearly are willing to try. It will eventually, his pain and suffering will end, and that will be a very dour day for the rest of us because (laughs) Lord only knows how awful the Aggie fans will be. Fair enough. Will be. Got you. Will be. Okay. Hey, um, just remember for the next coach, you know, just remember, make a make a trophy that says national championships two zero XX. It'll work this time, oh, trust man. me. Eventually has to work. Eventually has to work. That is funny, by the way, for those that don't know, what was it? Frank Beamer? 
He had an empty national championship trophy case in his office, in his Virginia Tech office, and it said, future national champion, 2-0-X-X. No way. I didn't know that, that Frank Beamer did that. I thought it was only a Jimbo Fisher thing. Uh, Jimbo did it, too? Well, Texas A&M did it for Jimbo. Yeah. Oh, that's so cringe. They, oh, yeah. They I mean, they're definitely little brother, right? Little brother mentality. For sure. All right. All right. So Rice asks, "Who is more bad, Rice or Texas?" For those I don't know, yeah, <laughs> Rice did beat Houston. Rice did beat Houston this week, which is a pretty big win. They've actually looked decent, but they lost to Texas earlier in the year. They did lose to Texas, and they did blow a twenty-eight point lead to go to overtime against Houston. So I get the point of what he's asking. He wants he wants yeah. to make Texas is Texas back is basically what he's trying yes. to do. That. Um. I don't know. I mean, Florida beat Utah last year, and they were still terrible. So Texas still could go like six and six. But it's so, Bama, dude. Um, they beat Bama. I know it's Bama. On but, the road. Hey, Utah. Utah was a, a Pac-12 champion last year. So all I'm saying is Texas could be back, or it could be another hilarious downward spiral in the many years of Texas post-national championship winning. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of handle the Alabama win to see if they kind of let it get to their head a little bit and just, you know, get some complacency in there. I will say they did look pretty good last year when they had Ewers. Obviously, when he was out, they lost to Texas Tech and whatnot. So I think this is just a natural stepping stone. I mean, I would not be surprised if they drop one or two games on stupid stuff. But, I mean, I I would suspect they're a nine-win team at minimum at this rate. I think they're back, dude. Looking at their schedule, the only ranked teams they play the rest of the year are Oklahoma and Kansas State, both very winnable games. And I think even if they drop a game at this point, like if they're 11-1 heading into the Big 12 championship, um, that, that's they're they going to make the playoffs. You know? they, my, my prediction would be that they, they split the Oklahoma-Kansas State 1-1 and then they pick up a, a dumb loss somewhere to an unranked team. Like that would Iowa, be my guess. I could see that, like an Iowa State or something. Yeah, just someone you weren't expecting it. Things aren't clicking at all. You know, Ewers has a bad game or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, so long as injuries don't take the toll on the roster, they'll be fine. There you go. All right, next question is from DK. So I'm just going to read the question and then give the context. What is it like to lose? I don't want this to sound pretentious, but what is it like to lose? Notre Dame hasn't lost in two seasons, and honestly, I'm not expecting them to lose in my time at college. Sophomore here. How do you recover from a loss? Are you just sad? Do you cry? I really don't know. For those that don't know the context of this question, this was originally once posted by a Clemson fan when Trevor Lawrence was still in school. The year after they posted this, uh, DJ Uyangalale ended up being their quarterback. So it's just kind of a funny, you know, unlocked memory to see them say something like that just for their future to unfold. Yeah. I remember that copy pasta when it first dropped. Uh, I'll, I'll interpret your question here, DK, as this. Is Clemson cooked? Are they done? Um, once again, God willing, I hope so. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, obviously, it sort of depends on how they deal with the transfer portal and NIL. And obviously, they are definitely behind on the transfer portal. Dabo seems to hate it a lot. And mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to like NIL particularly a whole lot either. So... With the transfer portal, Davos, you got to be willing to adapt. You can't just be completely unwilling to, you know, adapt to the time changing times. I'm not saying you have to go completely all in on the transfer portal. I'm going to give you an example right now. 
Georgia. They just won two national championships. Right now, they only have one transfer portal player starting on their entire starting 22. And the only reason that player is starting is because Ladd McConkey is hurt. So, obviously, developing talent is still extremely important. And having a stable culture is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Build some chemistry with the team. Yeah, it, it it's just really, it's up to Dabo. I mean, I guess he can adapt or he can die. I mean, it's I guess the kind of thing is like, well, he doesn't have a generational quarterback anymore. And yeah. it kind of obviously looks like it. Well, he could just recruit another one. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's a little <laughs> bit harder. He can't, he's got to recruit against Georgia now. That's true. That's a good That's point. That's true. All right, so we have another question from Hez. Should Tennessee be very, very worried? Tennessee plays at Florida this weekend. Yes, um, you should be worried. I, I mean, I think I they mean, should be worried because if they happen to lose to Florida, it would just be so embarrassing. It's a rivalry game, right? You should never just take those super easy because weird things happen in rivalry games. You know, emotions run high and whatnot. So I feel like a, a certain level of worry should be warranted. But I mean, if it weren't a rivalry game, I'd just look at, I would look at that game and go, easy win. I'll say this: I think Florida fans, for those of you who don't know, Florida fans have really been hyping up the idea of quote murder Mertz. It's all over Twitter. Murder Mertz. Um, I think we're going to actually finally we're going to see Murder Mertz this this Saturday night. I think Florida's I not mean, only going to win, but win by a lot. You sat through him as your quarterback, and you're expecting yeah. him to knock off a top fifteen no. team. And here's why. Here's why. About like once a year, you're good for a Murder Mertz game. Okay, think back to like 2020 Illinois. I think he's going to have one of those type of performances. It's just things click. Florida's motivated. It's at home. Night game. Atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I think Mertz is actually going to impress people on, on Saturday I think night. if Florida wins, it will not be on the, the the arm of Mertz. I think it'll be the defense and the run game. <laughs> i, I got to be honest. I've watched enough Mertz in my time <laughs> because of Wisconsin. I have absolutely no faith in him. He does not know how to throw football, and it's a miracle he's not in a group of five school. We'll see. Tennessee's only favored by six and a half. So, Vegas. You guys would be the Mertz experts. All right, so we have another question from Sora Chungus. Do you enjoy broadcasts where the marching bands come through loud and proud like at the Florida State LSU game? Yes. Only if, only if the band is not, it can't be the Oklahoma band, it can't be the USC band, and it can't, Florida State's another one of the bands I really don't want no. it to be. I love it, dude. I love when you can hear the band. It, are, it can't be Tennessee either, because if you can hear the band, you can hear the yell Rocky Top, and that's annoying. They play the same song every single play, so I like really it. it. I like it because to me, especially like a night game, dude, like a big high energy game, like it just it sounds like college football to me. Like it's something very it's, unique to college football that you don't about, find. I know I do no, like this. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about in general. I'm talking about those four specific bands. As long as it's not them, it's fine. Okay. I think uh, I, I I agree. There are certain ones. If you really want to hear broadcast with um, with the bands and uh, that you can hear loudly, always you know try to go that ESPN Plus or whatever uh, those HBCU games. You can always hear the bands, and they are always fantastic. 
I think where Jimbo is getting confused is that he's so spoiled by Big Ten bands that don't... I don't think there's a single Big Ten team that has a band that plays the same song every single down. That's true. We have no. many songs. No. Yeah. So he's kind of a spoiler when it comes to that. Well, so yeah. Michigan. Michigan. Michigan can be kind of annoying, actually. Michigan is definitely annoying, but that's also because they're Michigan fans. But they sure. also don't play the same song every single down. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, we have a question from X. Do you think NIL and the transfer portal has evened up the playing field in college football? The SEC has been very mediocre and marquee non-conference games while leagues that traditionally are weaker like the Pac-12 have flourished with teams like Oregon State and Washington State doing yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's what's evened up the playing field. I don't think that playing field is really evened out. I think it has. Dude, look at the records. SEC is like 3-6. and six. Big Yeah, but like I, don't, I mean, that, that just might be a one-off here. Um I know, I know why he's asking in some respect, because in basketball, so if you look at the way the transfers have worked, uh, most of the transfers are going down a league in terms of prestige, you know, like going, so it would be like the equivalent of going from the SEC transferring down to like the American. So I guess that's why he's asking. I don't know, with football, it's hard to tell because there's so much talent every, every year from high school coming in and there's so many transfers. I mean, <sighs> With the roster size being as large as it is, it's really hard to tell. I think we'll get a better picture. I don't think you can really make that assessment off of just one year. I think you um, can. You want to know why I think you can? Look what? at the Pac-12. Look how good they're doing right now. Think about the best quarterbacks of the Pac-12. Name name the best quarterbacks. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Bo Nix. Transfer. Yeah, Transfer. Uh, uh I'll see what you're saying. DJU, transfer. Michael Penix, transfer. Everyone's transferring to the... Dude, people want... The West Coast is well positioned Because they filtered down... They filtered these schools because the Pac-12 was seen as the weaker conference where they felt like they could get playing time, which they could. But in doing so, they've managed to find good situations for themselves. And a lot of times, especially a quarterback, but a lot of players need just... They just need a fresh start, a fresh situation, and really get it clicking. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, when Justin Fields went from Georgia to Ohio State, I mean, that was a transfer, but you wouldn't call that evening the playing field, necessarily. That's just someone getting a different look, right? True. Exactly. And Caleb Williams going from Oklahoma to USC after USC stole the coach from Oklahoma is not what I would consider a traditional transfer in that way, right? He was following his coach. I guess I see the West Coast, like, down the line being, like, kind of like a destination spot for transfers just because you've got guys who are either – they've been playing in the Big Ten and they don't want to live where it's, like, cold and snowy all year, or they've been playing in the SEC and they don't want to live in a swamp in, like, Florida where it's, like, insanely hot with climate change and stuff, right? West well, Coast is chill. terrible news for you. Is it Pac-12 is about to die. <laughs> well, yes, it is now, but up until now. So I'm saying, like, like Randy was saying, it's unfortunate for the Pac-12 that they collapse now because it feels like they're better than ever. And I think they're better than ever now because of the transfer portal. It's my thesis. Okay. Definitely part of it. Um, all right, so Lobro asks, Florida State is now the number three team in the nation. With the talent composite not even touching the top 20, how much does talent really mean to you? Is the transfer portal more valuable than recruiting in this day and age? Is Florida State a legit playoff contender? So I know he's obviously pointing out you know, something I said in the first episode where they just don't have the talent composite to compete the thing is the incoming transfer portal like once they're on the roster they count towards the team's talent composite um Do they? i mean here's the thing about florida state 
So they are being super hype up after beating a very sloppy, bad LSU team. Wow. They play Clemson in two weeks, and Clemson, their grade is being danced on collectively by media while the media is super hyping up Florida State. Surely I don't need to point out where this could go horribly wrong for them. Dude, this is this is an extremely hot take. Do you really think LSU is, like, that bad? I don't think they're like super super bad i just think they're a sloppy undisciplined team and they're going to have to pay for that when they play a more disciplined team like florida state florida state is disciplined they have good chemistry i mean they're a legit playoff contender i would say to actually answer his question yes florida state is is a legitimate playoff contender they have a very favorable schedule they get to play a weaker clemson while their confidence is down I mean, their hardest game at that point looks like it's either going to be Clemson or Miami. Miami, dude. Miami's looking good. Miami, Miami. looks good. Miami could be the, the wrench in that, you know, playoff season. As could um, South Carolina. Oh, no. I don't know why I said South Carolina. I'm thinking about Clemson. North Carolina? Strike that from the record, yeah. It's, it's no, North Carolina. Struggling. Yeah, <laughs> consider it struck. Yeah, North Carolina, too. North Carolina, I mean, obviously did not look too great with the whole performance against App State, but... It's App State, though. I mean, they make everyone look bad. I mean, App State makes everyone, you know, shit their pants, yeah. yeah. And to be fair, Miami, Miami could be making their own playoff run. They could. They could. I Miami looked very competent. They they did not let up when they were winning, which I think was a big problem for them, where they feel like they'd get comfortable, and then they would bite them in the uh, in the rear mm-hmm. during the game. So, they, I mean, it was no mercy. <laughs> it was no mercy for Texas A&M against them. True. I was going to say, Florida State definitely has an inside track. They, they I think they're more talented than Miami, and they're, they are a little bit more disciplined than them, too. But it could. I think the ACC is going to be really exciting this year. It will be. I'm actually, like, for the first time in a while, looking forward to watching how the ACC unfolds. Except for Boston College. They're terrible. That's Good true. Lord. That's true. How do you lose to an FC or almost lose to an FCS school? Hey, we did it. So, it happens. All right, so this is from Larry, the resident Texas A&M fan. Who will win the SEC West, and how many losses will that team have? Alabama one loss. Ooh, that is, that's a good one, right? It is. It's Alabama, right? I'd have to... I mean, obviously, smart money's out of it. Look, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M definitely feel like absolutely not to me, right? To me, it comes down to Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss, right? So the question is, how is this going to play out? I don't know. I mean, Alabama obviously has the talent. They have the coach. They have the expectations, though. Um, They've already lost an out-of-conference game like LSU has, and LSU has much, looked much sloppier than Alabama did. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying LSU is not going to win the West this year. So then it just comes down to them and Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss had a slow start this week, but they were playing away, a ranked G5, two-line team. G5 school. Hey, you know, that G5 school, you know, they, they knocked USC in the teeth last year in the bowl game. So That is true. Yeah. Um, I would say Alabama with two losses. Wow. I'm honestly not even being biased. I'm going to say it'll be us because if we can get the quarterback situation figured out, I think we'll be, I don't know, fine is the right word based on our expectations, but we can still win the West and we have a, a path to do it. I've got a new I think, yeah. I've got a new I think so we, get Ole Miss, we get Ole Miss and LSU at home. That's going to help. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Alabama loses one conference game and they win the West. This, might be the, to this might be the first year ever, ever. Where the SEC East is better than the SEC West. Oh, I don't know about that. I actually think about it. 
actually think about I'm it. Thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, and then I'm remembering it. Vanderbilt, South Carolina. South Carolina's beating Georgia. Florida's been playing. South Carolina's beating oh, Georgia this week. I would, I would love that. I it's would absolutely love that. However, the new NCAA game isn't out yet, so I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying, guys. I, hey, well, we're going to this take at the end of the year, but that's my, that's my hot take for the SEC this season. Hey, my hot take of the year was LSU was going to get pants by FSU, so I'm already Ooh, I'm flying high. One for one. That okay. was that was great. Rexstradamus. Okay. Yeah. So oh, and Mizzou. Mizzou's not good either, so don't don't pull that one on me either. He doesn't know ball. That's okay. SEC ball. So Saxo Steve asks over under eight and a half overtimes in the Penn State Illinois game. Uh yeah. So I sat through all of them. The, uh, when it happened the first time. I'm going to go with under eight and a half overtimes this time. I think Penn State has probably figured it out. I actually think this game is going to be really interesting because Penn State, you know, they've been, they've always been like one step below Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or the leaders division, whatever the heck it's called. And they, Illinois is one of those sneaky good teams with Burt. Not this year, though. Dude. Yeah, Illinois is weird, right? Illinois will have like one year where they're pretty decent and everyone expects something of them. And then the next year they'll be like slightly less, they'll, they'll perform slightly below, but still respectable. And then the wheels will completely fall off in the third year. And then you've got another four years of them sucking. And then yeah. all of a sudden they, they win seven or eight games and everyone's like, oh, you... the return of Illinois. So we, we have two games to look at this year for Illinois. They they opened the season beating Toledo 30-28. to 28. If you recall, it was a really close game. Toledo kind of outplayed them. And then last week they kind of got pantsed by Kansas on the road. To me, dude, yeah, like it, I don't. They're if they're not ready for Penn State. Maybe by the end of the year, Burt will get things together. But like this week, dude, Penn State is gonna play murder ball. I I, I really think so, dude. They they have annihilated both teams they played this year, West Virginia. Well, Delaware. and also, it, it's not even a question of of if Illinois is gonna be good or enough to you know make Penn State good overtime. I just I just don't think they're gonna repeat the nine overtimes. No, no, it would be fun though. It you would be you very entertaining. The, I know. I know. I know someone who would absolutely lose their mind if it went to nine overtimes again. It'd be great. And that someone would be me. Well, Rodon sixty four asks, "What's it like down there?" No, but serious question. What's your way too early Heisman watch? We already covered this, so refer back to the uh, he's mocking us. beginning of the episode. My my take is that I'll say it. I think. Anyone other than maybe Bama and Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan, let's just say anyone outside of the top ten would have lost to Washington State on Saturday. It genu- I think that is a delicious cope, and I'm enjoying. It's it. a cope, but genuinely, it was actually their Super Bowl. They they stormed, they rushed the field, and in the post game interview, the coach was literally in tears. I I think it's actually safe to say it was their Super Bowl. So, oh, I appreciate these points, but how did we? How did we get here? I have no idea. So the, the, originally, bro down, he had an image attached to this with Wisconsin being in dead last in the Big Ten West. Oh, oh, um, oh, oh! That's uh, important context. So for those that don't uh, unaware, bro down is a Minnesota fan, <laughs> and they do not like Wisconsin. It's true. They hate us. I I would be very I would be very hesitant to cast stones if I was Minnesota after nearly losing to Nebraska. To be fair, yeah, everyone say... loses, but. Minnesota's gonna go seven and five, or no? What's gonna happen is they're gonna go eight and four because they managed to beat an above-average team, and they're gonna celebrate like they won the Super Bowl, 
and yada yada yada. And it's I know, I Minnesota's like I have talked. I've had enough conversations with Jimbo at this point to just like know what Minnesota is like and to dislike them. I'm so glad. Well, I, here, I guess here's here's the better question, right? For for this, right? Who do we think is going to win the axe this year? Wisconsin or Minnesota? It's Wisconsin. 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 Uh, Jimbo, you are obviously perhaps a tad bit biased. No, we're getting to Wisconsin. I'm going to Wisconsin because by the end of the year, yep. I think Luke Pickle's going to yep. have them in a much better spot than the beginning of the year. 100%. Uh, 100%. Minnesota just kind of is who they are. Totally. I'm actually I'm going to go with Minnesota this year. I think Fickle in his first year, I mean he'll he'll you know he'll improve obviously, but um, I don't think he'll uh, I don't think he'll beat the rival year one. I think year two probably, but year one I'm not expecting it. Wow. I know it hurts. It hurts. The four Wombles asks, "Am I too late for the Jim Bobcast question?" No. no. How many teams can legitimately make the national championship game and not necessarily win, but just legitimately make? Well, probably four, since there are four playoff spots. Well, let's let's break it down by conference. Big Ten. <laughs> Actually, there's three okay, teams you've in got, Big Ten. You've got um, your Ohio State, Michigan. Who's your third team? I'm assuming it's Penn State. Penn State but Penn who, State. Okay. They look good this year, dude. They look actually really good this year. Not you, you. Don't have anyone from the West. No, I know they're, they're not going to yeah, make the Natty. No, no. Let's be real. No, no one has a chance. Not Ohio a shot. State, Michigan. I mean, no. I don't. Penn State. They look good enough in their two games. I guess. I think Penn State sort of occupies that dark horse every year, where you have you have to bring them up because the off chance that they do make it and then they throw it in your face. You don't want to. You don't want to be like. It's true. Well, I didn't. I didn't think they do it. Right. Right. So, so it's for the ACC. What did this by conference? ACC, Florida State, Florida State, Miami. I'm not going Miami. UNC. I'm not going UNC. I think it's just Florida State, dude. They run the conference. I think it's just Florida State. They run the conference. Okay. When I say Florida State, Miami, again, it's just make the game. They don't have to win the game. Just make it. I think any three of those can make it. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going in Miami because they have a lot of talent. I mean, that talent can just carry them a little bit. I look. I just. I think it's it would be foolish to rule out Mac Brown and UNC this early on. I'm gonna rule um, them out. I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if no teams from the ACC made the playoff this year again. So it is what it is. But if I had to pick, those three would be what the ones I'm taking from the conference. For the pet, let's see. USC for sure. USC Oregon. Dude, did you, Oregon Utah. looked bad last week. Oregon. Looked yeah, Oregon bad. looked bad. But I wonder if that felt sort of like a trap game, right? And, and the same so. goes for Utah, dude. I, they both both Oregon and Utah. Utah, won, but... Utah, in fairness, is missing their starting quarterback, right? He might be out the whole year. You, which would suck. But if he's not, right, then they definitely have a chance of making it. But they, I mean, Utah went into a road environment without their starting quarterback, right? right. Like I'm willing to give them a pass, and they escaped with a win. I guess they, to me, they escaped. USC but, you know. looks head and shoulders above anyone else in the Pac-12. Oh. USC looks legit this year. I mean, yes, but also at the same time, I mean, everyone thought USC was going to roll over Utah, and then they got pantsed twice. We'll see. I'm noticing a lack of a certain uh, school being mentioned that for, is about for the to... pack for the Pac-12. Oh, are you are you <laughs> you you want us to uh, talk about Washington State or Oregon State? No, another there's UCLA. another one that's about to leave for the Big Twelve. The Big 12. Colorado? <laughs> oh, come um, on. <laughs> come on. Look, I like Dion. I think he's, I think, you know, he's, he's good at firing his guys up. I don't think they have the talent to make the championship. Game. He's good at firing his guys more like and telling his players to leave the school. Um, I don't like Dion. Well, 
But uh, you know they're going to lose to Oregon and USC, and the hype will die down. I don't. Uh, I don't think Oregon's going to make the title. I don't think they have it in it to make the playoff, let alone the title game. No, but just like how open ended this is, and how much room for arguments there are in these like three conferences, because there is so yeah. much that still has to play out. We know. It feels weird because I feel like in other years we knew a lot more about teams in week two than we do this year. That's true. Like there's still so many unknowns. I think a lot of it has to do with the transfer portal. A lot of teams are going to have like new faces, new players, yada yada, and that makes it a little bit harder to evaluate from you know just the first couple games. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting how all of that plays out. As for the Big Twelve, I'm going to go. Obviously, I have to say Texas. Texas. Um. I, I really think that's about it. Not Oklahoma? I mean, I, I had to see more from them. That's fair. After last year. Realistically. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, the Big 12 is kind of, I mean, I guess if I wanted to, you know, Kansas State should not be slept on necessarily. Absolutely. But yeah, I know you're sleeping. I know you're sleeping. You, hey, you probably slept through the entire Washington State game, right? Up until the oh, second half where it almost on. looked like you come back. I, <laughs> I was tuning into the Bama game to help with my sorrow, <laughs> mostly. I know I know you were. You were so mad, and then all of a sudden Alabama was losing, and then you were you were back in everywhere, and lighting everything up. And then I was mad again. And then you were mad again. That's how it goes, yeah. For the SEC, it looks like, I'm going to say, obviously, Alabama, Georgia. Um, I think Ellis, you could make it. I, I don't know, man. I, I would say, I, I'm I would say Ole Miss over LSU easily right now, yeah. how, how it's looked, right? I just don't see – I just – my brain is not capable of picturing Ole Miss players, like, at the championship game. My, my brain does not allow me to create the image. It's not? Well, <laughs> They're too I mean, to me, it seems like it's possible, right? I mean, I don't think if they made it, they might necessarily win. Dart's not that great of a quarterback, but I think that – defense otherwise is usually pretty pretty stout the problem with all this is they play at georgia so yeah that is a good yeah, yeah. and at game. alabama so they'd have at to georgia, split that at alabama i have to split that and if they split that they probably need to beat alabama because they'd what? have to get to they'd have to get to atlanta so beating beating georgia while nice probably isn't moving the needle for them one thing we've talked about the five conferences what about notre dame for wombley's own team do you think they um, got a no no <laughs> no, no, I know, because I hate them. I just wow. don't like them. They, they wow. look good though. They look good this year. I just, I just don't like them. I, you know, Mickey Mouse school, Mickey Mouse no conference, the Mickey ranks, Mouse, you know, uniforms. Mickey Mouse, but they have the best everything. uniforms. They literally have the best nope, uniforms in college Absolutely football. not. No, they so, do not. The real issue for Notre Dame is that they have literally zero margin for error due to their conference lack of conference situation. But and they're going to play Ohio State and USC and Clemson. And at Clemson. They've got a good and schedule, two. dude. If they win out, they're making it for sure. They're no, it's not that's happening. A, that's a huge Sorry. if. I just, I just don't see it. Loss for Central Michigan, loss for Duke, loss for Louisville, loss for USC, <laughs> loss against Pitt, loss against Clemson, loss against Wake Forest, and loss against Stanford. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. That's just how it's going to play Dude, out. You guys are haters. I'm shocked. I am absolutely a hater. Dude, if you are from the Midwest, if you are from the Midwest, you should know, right? You either well, love them or you hate them. I'm into, I like their uniforms. Their uniforms aren't even that good. What are you You're killing me. We need a I'm uniform not, episode. We just I do like the uniforms. That's I one do of the not. Things I like. Well, no, you're not gonna like this no. then. My, I actually, my favorite uniforms are Michigan, followed by Notre oh. Dame. Yeah, oh. they're they're oh. really good unis, dude. They're really good. They're so bad. Jeez. They they get they get passed over when on criticism because they're classic or historic. I like the they look 
bad. Especially the green one. The green one is horrific. That well, is an offense good. to your eyeballs. It could be I good. Do, I, I agree with you there. I don't like like the green, whatever they call it. They call it something special. Shamrock series. Uh, it's under armor. Just right. throwing crap. God, they're ugly. ugly. The, the blue ones are great, though. Yeah, dude. You no, don't like navy, do you? You don't no. like navy or gold. Nah. The gold is gaudy. It's classy. No, it's not. Wow. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, we're not going to go too deep into these this week's upcoming games, but we are going to point out, I guess, just a few games that we're going to keep a heavy eye on and what it could mean for how the season could unfold. Because like I mentioned earlier, you know, there's just there's so much left to be known about a lot of these teams that just has to play out. And there's so many more unknowns in this week, too, compared to other seasons week twos. So some games that we're going to be looking at to kind of see how the season's going to play out mm-hmm. is I'm going to start with LSU is at Mississippi State. Mississippi State has looked very good. Um, I know they kind of had the Leach tribute season going on, but they're a solid team. I think they had like 20 returning starters. Who do you think wins? LSU. LSU. It's at Mississippi State. I know, I know. I just think it's... even with all the discipline issues, I think LSU's just far too talented they, for them. They barely beat Arizona last week. It was a real toss-up yeah. game. That was so... rough. That was painful. I was, you know, at the end, I was very blue-balled because I, I wanted Arizona to win that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I... Are they still like, technically air raid? Are, are they still doing that? or? Uh, I, I don't. I don't even know who the coach is. I don't know. Zach Arnett. And he was their defensive coordinator last year. Interesting. Maybe. I, I think know, LSU's going to win. I just think uh, LSU I, always beats yeah. Mississippi State. At least. I am I am looking forward to the Minnesota-UNC game. Yes. I think that'll be interesting. I guarantee you Should it's going to be a close game that Minnesota wins. I, I, I guarantee you. If if that happens, I will be sad because that means my, my – my, my oh, no, you should include UNC in potentially making the title game uh, spiel is all for nothing. I, I, I'm saying, dude, Minnesota, Minnesota, wins. Minnesota only wins in, it's, like, the most baloney ways. Yes, but it's at UNC, and UNC you know, has the talent, the coaching. I agree. UNC is better. But I'm saying, dude, like <laughs> something is going on in the universe. Like, ladies and gentlemen, he is coping preemptively. They've got all the luck, like whatever, like intangible luck factor you can possibly boil into a game. Like Minnesota is always going to be a hundred out of a hundred in that category. Minnesota will do something like beat North Carolina, beat Iowa, maybe even beat Michigan, but then lose to Illinois and Purdue. Yep. Hey, I'm taking that. I'm so taking that. If they beat Michigan, by all means, take all the wins they want. Take all the losses, I say. But yeah, no, Minnesota's winning that one. But it's going to be close. It's going to be very, very close. Okay. Uh, any other big games you're looking out for? I've got a lot. I'll just okay. I'll, I'll say it right now. My lock of the week. South Carolina at at number one Georgia. I don't even care. I'm, go, I'm, I'm putting it out there. South Carolina is going to defeat Georgia. Um, what was the lock of the week last week? Just out of mild curiosity. Washington State being Wisconsin. What was the one before that, week one? TCU losing to Colorado. I don't know if I believe that, but all right. No, Randy, we got you're, receipts. Yeah, you're 2-0. Oh. Well, I will back him up in this. Technically, you okay. have the recordings. Yeah, he, he does have the recordings. So, you know, you're 2-0. Oh. I guess I guess we have to watch to make sure to see if you go 3-0. and oh. Also, be really funny if Shane Beamer knocked off Georgia. That's why Shane Beamer, be... dude, he's like a meme guy. He, like, I, I don't know. He's just he's, He strikes me as the kind of coach. He's kind of P.J. Fleck-esque. 
where they lose to kind of bad teams, but will every now and then like show up in like a big game. You can't deny this. You can't deny this. I mean, That's look, exactly I, what happens. I mean, I'm I'm expecting South Carolina to get bullied badly. Spence Rattler. It would require Spencer Rattler playing some hero ball, and it would require South Carolina's offensive line not giving up nine sacks. I'm just, nine sacks. I'm just not impressed oh, by Georgia, dude. Did you watch them last week? Did it, like did anyone like? Did you take, watch? Yeah. Did you take any time to watch them play Ball State? Look, did you? No. I mean, they struggled. Like they didn't even score in the first quarter. I'm aware, but also bad. South Carolina gave up nine sacks to a UNC team one. that had 17 the entirety of last week year. One, week one, I don't, week dude, one. I'm not. I'm not convinced by Georgia. I think Georgia. I don't, like, I don't think you can fix that kind of offensive line play in two weeks. Though. It's your problem. I would disagree. I think that is something you can actually fix if you just kind of rotate guys into their more comfortable positions. Offensive line is one of those positions where if you technically have the dudes that can play, even if they start off bad and aren't gelling, you could actually fix it pretty fast. We yeah. see this happen in the NFL, and I get, you know, these are college players, right? But, but yeah. it's something that can be fi- It's something that can be fixed. It's different than if they simply like completely left talent at the skill positions or something that can't be fixed. The offensive line issues can be fixed. I, I highly suspect that South Carolina's line will be bullied again and will give up at least three or four sacks at minimum. Doesn't oh matter. no, I was thinking they were probably going to give up five or six. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Defense is pretty... I think Spencer yeah. Riley's going to find a way, dude. I hope I hope you're I hope you're correct. I just don't I hope see you're it. right too, man. I just I, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. Yeah, I don't see it. All right, let's keep it going. What else we got? Uh, I guess I also have number eight Washington at Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio, he's in charge. Do you think the Spartans pull it off? No. Hey, they're two and zero. No, they're two and zero. Washington is Washington is very good. So no. I, I was actually more interested in this game before what what came out happened. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 I know. I have almost no expectations for Michigan State, and honestly, I'm not even going to blame them. I mean, they're dealing with a pretty big distraction, all things considered. That's so, true. That's true. who knows? Maybe maybe they use that as fuel for the fire to prove that you know they're still here. You know, they're going to make some noise. But I don't. I don't see it. And Washington is one of my Pac-12 teams that could make the championship game. They're they're one of mine. I'm, all I'm saying, guys, this is at Michigan State. Just keep that in mind. That's I, We'll keep it in mind. I suspect they will be losing at home. All right. Let's see how it goes. Um, one game we need to talk about, folks. Pitt at West Virginia. Shouts out to Sax oh. and Steve. The backyard brawl. No one's talking about this. No one's talking it's about this It's because they both suck. Well, yes. They both but I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> oh, man. No, here's the thing, dude. Like it, I, I'm convinced this is one of the better rivalries in college football. And it's a shame that it kind oh, of Oh, it's a fantastic rivalry. It's just they both suck. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Just uh, just simply from like the third person perspective of Saxo Steve, and really all of West Virginia. I'll be rooting for them. Yeah, I mean, so we have West Virginia who got pants by Penn State and struggled early with Duquesne. <clears throat> do, do you even know where that school is, Jimbo? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. I didn't know it existed until now. It's in Pittsburgh, um, and it's FCS. But And then we have Pitt, who lost to what is supposed to be a very bad Cincinnati school. Like, I mean, 
Neither of these teams are good. I don't know what to expect at all. I'm going to lean on the side of West Virginia just because they lost to a respectable team True. compared to Pitt, right? Like, that's the only thing that's cutting either way. I would say this is honestly probably a 50-50 game. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a night game in West Virginia. Pitt's favored by one point, according to Vegas. I think at a minimum, I, I get that both teams, quote-unquote, might suck. But I think it's going to be a very exciting game, a very high energy and fun back and forth kind of a game. That we're oh, going to like watch. I said, it, it's going to be a fifty-fifty. Like it right, is. Right. You, I have no idea who's going to win. I'm leaning West Virginia, but I don't know. I have no idea. This could be the game. Neil Brown gets fired. That also could be fun. God willing. Imagine honest, if he gets tarmac at his own school. I think at this point he's kind of phoning it in because he just knows there's no. Yeah, he's here for the buyout. Yeah. That's the way to yeah. go. Right. Any other games, boys? Uh, all, uh, yes, I've got two. Got I've two. got two. Okay. I've got two. I've got Wyoming and Texas. Right? Don't you dare! Don't. What do you mean? Don't you dare? Do you think what this is going to be an upset? Do you think Wyoming does? No, it? no, 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 no. But I think Wyoming will give them a scare. Right? They they came in and they beat Tech at home. Right? Like That's true. they they completely derailed the Tech season like day one. <laughs> they were. And then immediately followed up with a very unimpressive win against an FCS school. So this is like a really hot or cold team by the looks of it. So I, I, I'm wondering if Texas, you know, is riding a little too high on their win, right? And they're just overlooking this team that has proven that they can, they can beat a Power 5 school at their own place, right? So that's one game. And then I have Alabama and USF, mostly because Dude. obviously Alabama's going to win. But could you imagine if they lost to two horn teams back to back weeks? It, it's at USF. <laughs> People are forgetting this. I know. This is at I know. USF. I mean, I'm it's all, ignore ignore the fact that USF barely beat Florida A and M. Right? Ignore that. Right? <laughs> Completely remove that from your mind, and ignore the fact that they got destroyed by Western Kentucky, who is terrible. Right? Wouldn't it be funny though? It would. Can right, I be just, honest? Yeah, I'm not funny. even. I'm not. I know you guys would think it would be funny, but <laughs> looking at this from a bigger picture perspective, what would actually scare me the most is because it's USF. We go out there. Jalen Milrow gets us another chance. Mm-hmm. He technically physically dominates just because he's a physical specimen, mm-hmm. and so we therefore keep him in. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to playing real competition, he's going to get exposed again. But. We yeah, got, that is that is the worry. That I is the worry. Like that. he shot, yeah. he shines so well that the coaching staff's like, oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with him, and they keep him in, and then you lose to Ole Miss, and the whole season's completely over. By if we lose, if we keep Mo at quarterback and lose to Pete Golding, the fan base will legitimately <laughs> riot. I <laughs> nothing against you, but God, I want to see that. I that's, understand. It's not personal. That sounds so fun. Because, oh, my God, uh, I, re- I really needed Cal to beat Auburn to make it perfect. So if Cal had beaten Auburn, you'd have, <laughs> you'd, you'd have the eastern part of the state on fire. And then if you lose to USF this week, the entire state's just going to burn down. Sounds neat. Randy, how much oh, do you win yeah. by? How much does LVM win by against USF? Uh, I mean, here's the thing. We could probably name our score, to be honest 35 points at minimum. Yeah, 35 points at minimum. I think what's going to happen is once we get it, we can get a comfortable lead. We're going to do some QB carousel stuff. We're going to try to put in like Buchner or maybe even Ty Simpson. I think Buchner, I actually heard an inside report from an inside source that Buchner got a bunch of first team reps at the Monday practice. This is breaking news from the Jim Bodcast. 
we are we are leaking some inside scoops. I have a, a pretty reliable source that that was the case. Wow. So it, you know, it's it's obviously they're preparing for the worst. I mean, you you have to. Any coach would, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, look, as someone who's unimpressed with their starting quarterback, I looked at Milrow and went, "Oh, thank God, we don't have him." That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> I feel like if we had just a game manager quarterback that just limited mistakes and did not was not asked to make big throws, we'd probably win that game pretty easily. Hey, the good news for him and his career in Alabama is that he can walk right into Alabama State and have the starting job. That's true. I mean, I don't think he wants that. Here's the thing about his situation is that he is only a sophomore. He has three years left of eligibility. If he's out there and struggling it would be horrible for a young quarterback's mental psyche to keep forcing him to go out there knowing he's losing his team, you know, multiple games per season. Yeah. That, would, that can mentally break permanently a young quarterback. It's, you shouldn't do that to him. At a certain point, you got to pull him for his own good. Yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, I, it, I think USF is essentially going to be Alabama's, you know, Run up the score a little bit and then play some QB carousel, like you the said. Absolute best thing for Alabama would be able to get an early lead, allow Miro to look okay, put in another quarterback just to see how things are going because you know you got kind of got to after last week. The other quarterback does well enough to where Saban says, "Okay, we can give this guy a shot to start versus Ole Miss." That way, you can preserve Miro's ego a little bit and not mentally break him, while also trying to preserve the rest of the season and giving the best quarterback the job. Mm-hmm. I say start them all, all 12 games. That's my take. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it'd be fun. All right. Any final games or do we wrap it up, boys? Um, I'm just looking at some things, you know, some quick stuff. You know, BYU-Arkansas could be interesting. You know, okay. Tennessee-Florida, Syracuse-Purdue could be... Do, do you guys have any locks of the week? I gave my lock. Do you Do you both have locks of the week? A, a lock of the week? Yeah. Oh, my lock of the week is Miami and versus Cincinnati, right? Just Who because wins? that... Oh, Cincinnati. Really? But you that's think... because... Wow. My, Miami in Oxford, Ohio. Jimbo. That's true. It's too cold for them. Yeah. So I've got I've got a sibling who who I've got family at Miami and I my one of my siblings graduated from Cincinnati with a uh, master's degree and the only time they care about football is to talk trash about Miami. So this is this is the Rhett family year long shit talk on the line here, right? So I will be glued to that game. Wait, what do you say? How you related to Ben Roethlisberger? I am not related to Ben Rock. Just to clarify, when you I say have fa- I have family currently at Miami, right? Yeah, Big Ben true. is a little too old. When you say Miami, you're of course talking about Miami of Ohio, the 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 real one, yeah. Okay. The so one that's older than the state of Florida. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, so another one last game I actually wanted to point out was um, then then I'm going to give my lock of the week, but so Wyoming, the team that just beat Texas Tech plays at Texas this coming up week, and they have the chance to do the funniest thing in the world. Do you think they do it? No, but they have the <laughs> chance to. All right, what's your lock, Randy? What's your lock? I'm going to go ahead and give it. I just, after looking up some stats while you guys were talking, Mississippi State defeats LSU. You're, wow. Okay. You're really That's all his about lock. All right, I like it. Lock it in. I guess, yeah, I guess my lock, then, is Cincinnati beats Miami. Okay. But course, yeah, no, wow. I mean, that's that's a pretty ballsy lock. I like it. I don't agree with it, but I like it. I like it. Provocative. All right, well... Oh. It gets people going. 
I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, before we head out, um, Rhett, if you want to give a plug for, for your own podcast or anything, I don't know. Yes, uh, we have The Low Major. It's been on hiatus due to some, well, one, it's CBB offseason college basketball, which is what that's about. Um, and I've, I moved down, you know, I'm going back to grad school, so it will mm-hmm. be... But we were we are planning to pick it up as the season begins. You know, look out for your you know your traditional Ducator, and uh, you know all the other blue buds deserve to burn. So, yeah, that should be fun. Agreed. It's uh, the Low Major. Uh, we have a website, thelowmajor.substack. So definitely check it out. Check it out. Big fa- big fans of the show here on, on the Gym Podcast. So uh, great to have you on board, Rhett, and uh, just fun episode, folks. And and thanks for the listeners. These questions, we love these questions. I know we keep yeah. saying it, but. I, I cannot wait to get the midweek ping about how all my takes were wrong after the game. Usually reminded that sometimes. All right. Until then, folks, uh, enjoy the week, of course. Saturday should be fun. And until next time, roll tide.